Hello, and welcome to About a Dog. Greetings, everyone, listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Michael. And I'm Ashley. And this is About a Dog. This is um, an informative as well as entertaining podcast. We intend to enlighten as well as entertain. Yeah, so sorry for the uh, previous episode that's quite a downer. Wow, we're just going straight for the throat here. Yeah, but it needed to be be done, and um, we're on to fun stuff. This is episode 13. Oh, we're at the Jodie Whittaker now. Yeah. Wow, Jodie. But first off, I need to apologize to the Barbet. We understand that when it comes to people and their dog breeds, they can be passionate. Oh, yeah. One particular individual was very passionate. Very Um, passionate, very opinionated, and the thing is... is They were right. They were right, and our source Mm -hmm. was wrong. Right. The source that we use generally is going to be the National Parent Club. As always, yeah. And for the Barbet, it was no different. We used the National Parent Club... As our source material. Mm-hmm. However, when we did that, it actually alerted very passionate Barbet people. It was like they were like full-on red alert time. And they yeah. were like getting all up in into our business. Which, to be honest with you... I would do the same. If it's a correction, absolutely oh, welcome yeah. it with open arms. I mean, we even said, you know, what the website said. Yeah. Um, we, we weren't being defensive. We were merely being informative. Yeah. And thankfully, um, I know a Barbet breeder and she and I chatted about it. And she said, yeah, they're right. <laughs> she was like, yeah, the the breed history on the Parent Club website needs to be updated and we're working on it. But right. thanks for bringing it to our we, attention. We really do appreciate it. Um, we know that uh, as being humans and mortal, mm-hmm. we are also fallible. Yeah. So we appreciate the insight and the input and the and correction. And so the information that needed to be corrected is that we stated that poodles have Barbet ancestry. Right. And that is incorrect. Nope. It is a fallacy and... Um, Quite frankly, a lot of the dog world thinks that. Right, but and, it's apparently like a misnomer. Yeah, it's a misnomer, and the Barbet Club of America is doing their utmost to correct that. Mm-hmm. But the only way that they can do that is by getting the information out there. Yeah. Because there are people like myself and other people mm-hmm. uh, and other dog related publications who will go to the National Parent Club as the source for that information. <laughs> um, I, I beg to differ. Unfortunately, it's not really anything to do with a poodle. But you're, that's that's incorrect information, is it? Yeah. Push but, their glasses back up above the bridge of their nose. But the thing is, is, you know, we're only as good as our sources. Right, as a source material. And we always cite our sources. Yeah, we like cite we our say, sources. Do and, your homework, cite your sources. You know, nine times out of ten... We are going to go with the parent club when mm-hmm. they have one in the U.S. Otherwise... That's our source of truth. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to go to the closest parent club that we have. Right. Where we can get information in English or get a reliable Google Translate. And what in the hell were the cats doing? Um, Eleven was intently going after the bubble wrap. This is the ASMR section of this podcast today. No, no. Yeah, no, we are not, not ASMR. I ain't doing that shit. Um, My friend Sam, like, cringed about that, and apparently Reed noticed it was ASMR at a more recent episode that we, unfortunately, we have not watched. We're behind okay. on our watching of Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds, so, yeah. yeah. So, do you have a dog for me? 
Yes, it is time for the Challenge Ashley <coughs> part of our program. Um, the first time that this came out on the Barbet episode, I made a misnomer. Do not, I say it again, do not send this to the email. Nope. Which, what is the email, Ashley? The email is uh, aboutadogpod at gmail.com. You can send us um, corrections. corrections, feedback, what have you. You can send that to the email. I'll get it. I'll read um, it. Preface this, do not, if you're going to send an email, please don't drink the Haterade first. Just send <laughs> yeah. the email and be polite. Yeah, please um, be polite. Please cite your sources if you're going to... Um, or if you're going to counter the yeah. argument or what have you. Um, if you want to challenge Ashley yep. and have her attempt mm-hmm. to have the breed correctly identified, send it through the Twitter account, which is at about a dog one. Yep. That's at about a, a dog one, and essentially put what you would think it is. Because I'm the only one that handles mm-hmm. the Twitter account, and I'm sad about it because now I've got like all this crap that I don't really want on the about a dog Twitter thing. Oh well. Um, and let me know what information you got. But that segue put away. Friend of the show and longtime mentor of mine at work, Eileen, mm-hmm. uh, was kind enough to offer up because I think we did uh, we her did dog Bambi. Bambi last time. No, we did Bambi two episodes ago because. Uh, ex- extinct dog breeds was too much of a downer that we oh, had Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We had, to, we had to skip that one. The joy and festivities were kind of sucked right out of that one for the extinct Ooh, that dog was one. a hard episode. Yeah, she almost cried. She, the first thing, I, as soon as we were done recording, it's like, did you cry? And I was like, no, I didn't cry. Why? I, just, I got choked up. So, you yeah, go, I, I, I'm calling it. You got choked up. Yeah, I got really choked up, and it hit me. It hit a little close to home, but yeah. that, that's what we do. That's what we're supposed to do. It's supposed to... That's why friends... Don't let their uncles take care of their dogs while they're away. Yeah, I'm throwing shade. Leave me alone. Um, you know what I'm talking about? What I do? Um, do you want me to mention the dog name by name? No, please don't. Do you want me to type it later? No. Just oh, this is it. obviously going to be a conversation we're going to be having later, obviously. So I think I'm in trouble. Um, this one is from Eileen, as I mentioned. Friend mm-hmm. of the show. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and preface this. I have been around this dog in person. We've actually been around, um, we haven't been around Lincoln and Ruby. Nope. Much to my own lament, but we did watch a video Matt shared of, um, Lincoln being freaked out by a green highlighter, which is very amusing. Um, oh, I have to ask Matt if I can share it now, considering <laughs> there needs to be context. Um, in any event, Bodie yep. is her first dog. That's who we're going to be looking at today. Pictures will be... On the Facebook, I think. I'm not sure if I put her on Twitter last time. I'll have to look into that. In any event, Bodie. There we go. That's what he looks like. He's sitting there. Uh-huh. And he's he's a relatively small dog. Oh, he's, look at him. He's in a low position in the blue bed there. He um, is only maybe 15 pounds maximum. Give or take. I mean, he could. He and Kemper are about in the same weight class. He's Yeah. Um, but Kemper's a little bit taller. And lankier. Yeah. There's definitely Chihuahua in there. Mm-hmm. Does she know of any other mixes? You're supposed to guess. You're not supposed to ask questions. I can ask questions. No, I mean... you're supposed to guess, damn it. But she does mention in the information that I have here that he is a mix, possibly, is the text that I have here from her. Okay, well, he does... He's in this little bit of gray area of mixed possible purebred. Because when you get chihuahuas, 
um, there's been a lot of what responsible breeders like to call backyard breeding, where mm-hmm. you get, so to speak, purebred chihuahuas and right. breed them together and make puppies and then continue it on, but they may not be the best examples of the breed. And they make a litter. Yeah. And they make a litter and so on and so on. <laughs> yeah. So it turns into this weird spiral <laughs> where you get people going, oh, it's a purebred chihuahua, but it looks nothing like a chihuahua. And it's like way above the standard weight because the standard weight for a chihuahua is only about like eight pounds. Mm-hmm. And again, there is no such thing as a teacup breed. So... If anybody's trying to sell you a teacup, it better be an actual teacup and not a dog. what's your final say here? Chihuahua. He's definitely got the bat ears. He's, um, if anything else, I would say miniature pincher. Okay. Is that the final thing you're going with? Yeah. Um, you got half of it. Mm -hmm. Again, like you did with Ruby, you got half of it Mm because Ruby was part pit mix, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, with Bodie, you have, you missed the Italian Greyhound miniature pincher mix, is what she says, possibly. So you're not far off the mark this but, time. But, you know, chi- he has Chihuahua in him. Yeah. Okay, so, so you, you were very close. Yeah. The Italian Greyhound is tough because we yeah. also think that Kemper has some Italian Greyhound in him. Yeah. And, um... The reason why putting an Italian Greyhound in a mix is really, really, really tough... Mm-hmm is you instantly change the body fat composition Mm -hmm. and he does not look like he has a sighthound build Mm -hmm. and you change the metabolism and all of that and things get a little weird yeah so that's why i was like "Eh, miniature pincher just by the his coloration Mm -hmm. but again he's a bit tall right and a bit large for a lot of the toy breeds so i'm betting that there's some backyard breeding going down there oh yeah um but again, the only way that you can really know for sure, and even then it's sketchy at best, right. is to do certain DNA tests, which DNA tests that basically determine breed are only as good as their reference sample. So, you know, you've got others that are um, <sighs> cats. Okay. I know it's about a dog, but damn it, the cats keep trying to horn in. I know. It's ridiculous. But, you know, this whole thing of DNA testing for mixed breeds, you're only as good as your reference source. So you've got Wisdom Panel, which is okay. Embark, which is a little bit better, a little bit more expensive. Are we waiting for something from Embark? Yeah, actually, that's another thing. So, um, and I can actually announce it now since things are um, coming soon. Mm, So it's Uh, not so... By the time this actually drops, we may have it, but at the time of recording in, in early March, we have yet to receive it. Correct, but okay. I can go ahead and announce it. Yes. Um, we are actually going to be testers for the V3 Embark prototype. Oh, right, yeah. I remember that you told me about this. So um, what that means is we're going to be one of the first ones to test it on our dogs and use it to actually compare against the V1, mm-hmm. which is what Alice and Rolla were originally tested on. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get V3 mm-hmm. testing, mm-hmm. and then we get to compare them mm-hmm. and see what what's what. Yeah. And um, I actually don't know how many tests we're getting. I know we're not getting six, but I think we might be getting a couple. <laughs> Sam wanted us to add one more for her dog. Yeah. Ooh, um, maybe we should ask her to do... Uh, Anderson's Purebred. Oh, so it's not going to work. No. 
So, Edit yeah, we're going to be um, providing feedback and reviewing the Embark V3 DNA sampler prototype, which, thanks Embark, you guys are awesome. We greatly appreciate any and all assistance. Thank you. And this is not an ad. No, no, no. We don't get anything be. from them. Yeah, um, we don't get anything from them. At the moment. <laughs> we are open. We are definitely open for that because that'd be awesome. It'd be nice. Yeah. Um, and again, any... Contributions. Yeah. If it, if you have a dog-specific item and you want us to plug it or what have you, please send me an email. Aboutadogpod at gmail.com. We are open to any sponsors. Right. Um, as of right now, we're sponsor-free, but we are open to the idea. But the only request that we have is that it be dog-related and it be a product that we stand behind. Yeah. We don't want to um, recommend a product that we wouldn't use on our own guys. Like, for example, right now we have, like, that Chuck It yeah. that we have. There's the Chuck It stick that we use with the orange rubber ball that doesn't actually come with the Chuck It, which I think is kind of silly. Um, there's the X-Dog Vex that we... Vest... Vest... <laughs> X Dog Fest that we use. Uh, Paco Collars. I want another one, but yeah, I don't want to have to spend all the money for right. it. Um, what Give else? Give me a minute. Oh, God. Um, Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. Definitely, we use their grooming stuff. Um, Canada. Can definitely Canada. They get that kibble every night. Primal. Every night. Northwest Nash- Naturals. What about Merrick? Merrick. Because we do the Merrick cans. Yep. Um, what else? What else do we feed? We can compile a list later. We yeah. came here not to talk about True. random but, I mean, shite. Those Let's... sort of things. I mean, XL, canine, supplements. Those mm-hmm. are another things that we use. Yeah. But I mean, that's the kind of thing that we're looking for in terms of advertisers. So if mm-hmm. you want us to advertise, yeah. please let us know. And we are definitely open to the idea as well as your contributions, like our, our marvelous, Patreon. marvelous friend Mandy, who yeah. de- designed the logo and um, has her own business. What do you, do you remember? The, I can't say the dog breed again. So her business, she has her own grooming business called Shih Tzu Not, and it's a, <laughs> it's a um, in-home grooming service it. in the Richmond Metro area. Yeah, so definitely look her up. She's, She's very, awesome. very gifted. That's, that's all I can say. Oh, that reminds me. Something that... And, and we also have a Patreon, though. Yeah, but yeah, if you wish to help us with our content, possibly maybe make some help us to make some improvements, yep. you know, spring spring cleaning, tidy oop, that sort of thing, yep. hit us up on the Patreon in the email. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're definitely open to any and all suggestions. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's all of the, like... Front end business. <laughs> yes, on to new business. What else do we have? <laughs> uh, let me check our recorder here because it. What happened? Oh, it disappeared. We're good. Oh. We're good. Fledg- fl- fledgling podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This yeah. is how it works. Um. So you want me to get into the fur to our breed? Let's get into the guts of it. What are we dealing with today? Let's wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. So we did one of the. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get all kinds of flack for the Bichon Frise. I, I'm expecting that. I did kind of phone that shit in. Um, that's a more popular breed. Uh-huh. Then we did the rare breed. Then we did the extinct, extinct. breed, which everybody knows that's a tearjerker. Um, so now we're back to popular, I guess? Yes. Uh, so what's up? So this is, we're doing the Icelandic Sheepdog. 
They are classified as popular because they are AKC recognized, fully AKC recognized, but they are still relatively uncommon. So, Icelandic Sheepdog. Um, just a scientific wild ass guess, but are they from Iceland? Yes, they are. <laughs> however, I, I am smart. However, oh, are you gonna sneeze? No, I was gonna cough because oh. this stupid cough won't go away. Oh, okay. She's fighting an illness still. For five weeks, it's a pain in the ass. Um. So is TN, but let's not get into it. Yeah. So, Icelandic Sheepdog from Iceland, but yeah, the point home. <laughs> it came to Iceland from Viking settlers. Oh, the Vikings again, those crazy devils. And it acted as a way to maintain the farm mm-hmm. without tiring out the people because their coat was suited for the environment. So we're talking like uh, herding sheep, mm-hmm. that herding sort of thing, sheep, protecting cattle, the chickens. Horses, and they were watchdog over livestock. So um, the true origins, mm-hmm. DNA-wise, are yeah. related to a breed that's still relatively rare in the U.S. called the Karelian Bear Dog. Fascinating breed. National Park Service uses them to keep bears away from... Um, Campsites? Why I'm laughing. Um, it's Karelian. Yeah. <laughs> Straight out of Star Wars. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's Han Solo's supposed home planet. He is Karelian, but I'm done. Anyway. So. Falcon's Karelian, too. Sorry, done. Um, the Icelandic sheepdog uh, does not. There's no true evidence that it came to Iceland when the Icelandic sagas were done. <laughs> I mentioned so, Star Wars and now you bring up sagas. God I damn know. it. <laughs> but it's like, it doesn't come from like Life the Lucky and Eric the Red and all Eric that. Eric the Red, yeah, yeah. There's no true evidence that it came from that because all of that tradition was oral and it wasn't written down. Mm-hmm. And there were very, very few accounts of dogs in the Icelandic sagas. And the one, one of the few mentions of dogs, it was almost certainly an Irish wolfhound. Mm. Not an Icelandic sheepdog. Mm. So, they probably came over with later settlers. And um, they're still very, very ancient. Have been around as long as settlers have been on Iceland. Okay. And there was a great famine in 990 AD. Where most of the dogs were killed in order to save human lives. Okay, so they killed them for the meat? Probably. Fuck. Right. But Desperate th- times, man. Exactly. But thankfully, the sheepdogs were exported mm-hmm. to Great Britain and owned by nobility. Mm. They were popular with priests and ladies of the upper classes in the Middle Ages. Mm, so we're getting the upper crust, are we? The nobles, as it were. But also take it down a few notches because it's the Middle Ages. So it was that whole corrupt stuff. Like think Take of, it down. What am I doing? Cockney? No. <laughs> think of um, Pillars of the Earth. Kind of like... Okay. So we're talking Tom Builder here then. Yeah. So we're talking like corrupt ass priests and shit that bought their way in or were born in. So it's kind of sketchy, but hey, it saved the breed. All I can think of is Robin Williams and the joke he made about Henry VIII. I'm Pope now! <laughs> it's funny you mention that. Yes, why? Shakespeare's play, Henry VIII. Yes. An Icelandic sheepdog was mentioned. Second verse, same as the first. I like yeah. it. So, in 1590, mm-hmm. 
it was described that there were four distinct types of Icelandic sheepdog. Mm -hmm. They were used as watchdogs, sheepdogs, pet dogs, and those used for fox hunting. Mm -hmm. Which kind of fascinates me that the same breed was used for four different things and probably had four distinct looks Mm -hmm. and were just subtly different. And then in what? Does that mean that there were four different dogs or just one dog who did four different jobs? Four different types of the breed. Okay, so there's four different dogs then. Yeah. Wow. So they're not doing the Howie Mandel. One voice, four fucking jobs. So, in 1755... No. And again, all of this comes from the awesome Icelandic Sheepdog Club of America. They have an amazing history page. Naturally, Ashley will be posting the link on the Facebook page, which I will copy and put on the Twitter page. And it'll be on the episode notes. Yeah. So, in 1755, French naturalist... Mm -hmm. Damn, TN won't let me speak... Count de Buffon. I didn't. I, what? Why are you looking at me? I didn't say anything. Okay. Wrote that there were thirty known dog breeds, and the Icelandic sheepdog was one of them. Mm-hmm. In seventeen fifty-five. Mm. Now, reason that there were only thirty mm-hmm. was first off, French naturalist. He probably only went to Europe. Okay, because I was going to say there were four when we started. No, no, no. 30 dog breeds overall, oh, not oh, just oh, oh, Icelandic. Oh, oh so oh, we're talking wholesale, uh, not wholesale. just Wholesale, okay. yeah. yeah. So gotcha. for for the count to only say that there were 30, yeah. twofold. It's 1755, so yeah. the Industrial Revolution hasn't kicked off yet. Right. The majority of dog breeds in England, Germany, and Sweden come as a direct result of the Industrial Revolution. Okay. And then this naturalist probably only went to Europe, Central Europe, and Eastern Europe and didn't go into China or Russia or India or any or Australia or any okay, of those I see areas. What you're talking so, about. so he kind of cherry picked from the mm-hmm. and cherry picked what was there. Right, yeah. So like if a pug was imported into the UK and was with nobility, that's probably why if it was mentioned, that's probably why it was there, it was just by happenstance. He didn't go out and explore and find them. So he was like doing the dog version of that bird bingo that he's like, Oh I found a pug, this one, that's right there. That's what Oh look at that, I found that, you know. That's yeah. what he's basically doing. Right. So Probably a lot of the African breeds like Rhodesian Ridgeback and Basenji's not there because he didn't go to Africa. Right, yeah. So, what I find interesting is the fact that the Icelandic Sheepdog was mentioned. Mm-hmm. And for the Icelandic Sheepdog to be mentioned... That means it has to be in that area that has, he visited because yeah. he kind of you know, limited his scope mm-hmm. in regards to what he was looking for. And for such a rare and uncommon breed now, yeah. it's very, very rare for this to happen. Mm-hmm. And in 1869, yeah. the estimated breed population in Iceland mm-hmm. was 24,000 dogs. Wow. That's basically putting it on the level of one of the top 10 breeds in AKC ranking today. Wow. Now, the population dramatically dropped by 1887 to 10,000. Mm-hmm. Due to a law that required all dogs to be taxed, except for a minimum allowed to be kept on farms. And the reason that law came into being was a disease control measure to prevent tapeworm to be passed. There was a tapeworm that was within sheep Mm -hmm. in Iceland, and the dogs were a carrier. Right. So then people could theoretically get this 
tapeworm. Get infected, yeah. So the the logic was the less dogs you have, the less likely less opportunity that you will be infected with this worm. Yeah. So that's why it kind of went down there. So the first foreign breeds that were imported into Iceland was the late 1800s to the early 1900s. And what's interesting is in Iceland today, the Icelandic horses, you still can't import a horse into Iceland. Really? Yeah, because of what happened with the Icelandic sheepdog. They learned their lesson. So the time frame between the late 1800s and early 1900s, the Icelandic sheepdog was interbred with these foreign dogs, which diluted, diluted the, the pure population yeah. to the point where farmers in the remote locations were the only ones that kept them breeding pure. Okay. So the Icelandic horse community figured that out and was like, okay, no horses. Yeah, yeah that's it. And so the breed, again, had also been exported out. Would you say there was an embargo? Now. <laughs> yeah. But thankfully the breed had been exported to Europe, to mm-hmm. the nobility and whatnot. Yeah. And they were first exhibited at a dog show in 1897. Yeah. But they weren't fully recognized by the American Kennel Club until 2010. Fuck. That is a numbers game. Mm-hmm. That's like what? Or so years, maybe? Uh-huh. They were put in foundation stock in the late 90s, 20, like early 2000s. So the breed was relatively unknown yeah. outside of Europe and Iceland. Mm-hmm. It really does feel like the Hamilton Stovar story. Yeah, but, you know, the ending is a little bit different because we don't have it yet, so. Exactly. Um, so they are now fully recognized in 20, as of 2010, and they are in the herding group. Mm-hmm. And the breed is growing in popularity in the U.S., but it's still relatively uncommon. You'll be lucky to see one at dog shows in the U, in the East Coast-ish. Yeah. Um, I think there's a few in North Carolina that I know of. I think I've, the point is you'd be hard pressed to yeah. find one here on the uh, east coast side of the world. Yeah, unless you go to okay. some of the bigger shows like yeah. Orlando and Westminster and um, Philadelphia area. I was gonna say, dare I say, premiere? Is that not? Um, or is that still too eastern? I'm. I think there would be some at premiere. Hmm. I mean, premiere, you're gonna see breeds that you've never seen before, anyway. Well, that's true. I just wanted to include that in there because I actually was talking to a co-worker of mine about our journey to premiere mm-hmm. how uh, the drive home is not fun no 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 um but now that they're fully recognized mm-hmm. you're seeing a huge upswing in the breed being used for all different kinds of things like agility obedience rally they're being used as service dog for autistic children therapy dogs um they're just basically doing it all wow and i think that's one thing that has really helped the breed is full akc recognition has actually boosted the breed to the point where you have interchanging of breeding from iceland who understands now that you're fully recognized 
they're they're going to bring more dogs over and from various locations. Whereas, so in our breed, we're kind of hindered because we're not fully recognized. So essentially, by becoming fully recognized by the AKC, it created more groundswell for yep. the breed and interest to the point where they kind of are like no more embargo or whatever. Yeah. And here, yeah, and embargo. There's an estimated world population of just 6,000 dogs. Mm-hmm. So the devotion of these dedicated breeders around the world has basically saved them from immediate danger of extinction. Mm-hmm. And with other Nordic breeds, there are strict controls on inbreeding and health testing. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. Parent Club is dedicated to keeping those strict rules, which makes total sense. Yeah. And, I mean... If you want to make the, if you want to make things easier, basically follow what the people, the native country is doing, mm-hmm. and things will be a lot smoother. So that's what we do with our breed, and yeah. we follow those requirements too. And yeah, they're tough, and they're a little bit stricter than the U.S. and some other countries. Yeah, but it makes things go a lot smoother, and they've learned that. Mm-hmm. And the breed club is basically following with that yeah and um we've seen a few Mm -hmm. at when we do meet the breeds and things like that i remember one time we were at the javits center (laughs) and there was an icelandic sheepdog just across from us um i'm actually glad that the pier this is old news but the piers are apparently been deemed structurally unsound yeah um that honestly is like music to my ears considering i know we've discussed this on the podcast before it's giant congestion and traffic and not fun yeah if you have um social phobias don't go to the piers. don't go to the piers don't go to the piers but the javits center Oh, it's glorious. It's so they've big. had they've had New York Comic Cons there, yeah. so yeah, you know they got the space available. Yeah, I mean for I mean when we went there, I think for the it was two times we went for two meet times, the breeds. Yeah. They had space to spare. They, yeah, they had space to spare. They only had a certain section that was blocked off for meet the breeds, for, and that yeah. was more than enough. Yeah, and you had elbow room to move around. Yeah, we had lots of aisle space to move. Mm-hmm. They had demo rings where they were demonstrating things. Hell, they even had cats yeah. over in one corner, and they had a fashion show. And... Didn't um, you and Alice get the first CGCA? So you were the fourth in line, I think, when yeah, they first we were did the that. Fourth to ever get the CGCA, first ever hound, first ever FSS breed, first ever Hamilton Stovar. To get well, it. Not that you're tooting your own horn or anything. Well, I mean, these are just <laughs> a fact. I did bring it up. Yeah, so, you yeah. brought it up. Yeah, I brought it up, but it gave you an opportunity to go doot, 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 So go ahead. <laughs> so if, if people are going to check my credentials, yeah, check that one. That was fun. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't do the title thing on Alice now. <laughs> Why? Would that be considered bragging? Well, she is an achiever dog, so just look at the requirements for achiever dog and you'll see. I've got two of them. Now got, you are bragging a little bit, and I've got two total dogs. So yeah, bring it on. Oh my god, <laughs> the pride of Premier was Rollo getting his total dog. I remember. Damn straight. So, question: Would you own an Icelandic sheepdog? Uh, wait a minute. Is it my turn to answer first? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, are all of them basically multi-purpose like that? Mm-hmm. Okay, but have we discussed the grooming? Mm-mm. So, they are a spitz breed. 
So they're kind of... Resisting urge. Resisting urge. Want to make the spinning noise. Want to make the spinning noise. So they kind of... They have a fox-like expression. They have a double coat. Okay, that could be already a problem with our breed. That'd be a bit of a clash. What do you mean? The Hamilton Shover Hunt Heron Fox. We got a dog that looks like a uh, fox. That could be a problem. Fox-like expression. So... You can see how I can make the bridge and connect there, right? But the thing is, is... They're still a dog. They still look like a dog. They have a curled over tail. Um, they've got... It, it's a longer coat, but it's a double coat. So... Grooming is kind of... You would need to brush them out, and they probably would shed a few times a year. Mm. But it's not like a husky. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... So are we talking like little Kemper-like needles in the upholstery, or what are we talking about? No, we're talking like seasonal shedding like a hammy, oh. but just longer. Hmm. And they are about... They're smaller than Alice. Really? Yeah, they're a small breed. They're only about 40 pounds. You know, I think we need to start incorporating in regards to this. If you're going to give images on the website, you need to show me images, too. <laughs> I'm I'm being completely and totally serious because otherwise I have no frame of reference. Okay, so because right. I mean you're already picking picking images to post on Facebook in regards to this. Yep. So I may as well see what you got lined up. Well, I know you don't like to see until we start talking. Well, that's a fair point. So. Well, I mean that's what I mean. I mean just like show me the images and be like, ooh. Oh, I see what you mean by the fox-like quality. It definitely has a coloring like one. Yeah. Well, they can be any color. Oh, fine. So, I see what, it definitely looks very much like the, um, what's the name of that damn dog? Husky. Yeah, you said yeah. Husky, didn't you? So, they have the a Husky-esque. Husky yeah, so here's, yeah. It's like a mini Husky. Well, no. They're, they're a little bit shorter than that, and they kind of look, in my mind, they have kind of a Sheltie look to them, but... I'm probably going to shock you on this one. What? No. Why? Look at the coat. Mm-hmm. It's you know a lot thicker than Hammy. I feel like it's going to probably shed more. Probably. I know you said it's, that they it probably wouldn't, but I look at that and I see it would be quantity of hair probably would be more. Well, I mean the Hammy's coat is very fine. I mean you mm-hmm. can hardly tell unless they're blowing coat that they have. But a it coat. only they only blow coat twice a year. Right. And so, probably these guys would only blow coat twice a year too, but it would be a lot more of it. No. Okay. That's too much. If I can actually brush my dog and there's like enough to make another dog. I've <laughs> seen that picture on social media where there's another dog that looks exactly like it and the dog's making the exact same, mm-hmm. you know, lay down position or whatever. No. I'm going to say no because of grooming. I, call me lazy. I, you know, well, let's go ahead and call a spade a spade, all right? Between the two of us, who is actually responsible for the grooming before it's showtime? Me. Thank you very much. Yep. <laughs> so, you're saying no because of grooming? Yes. That's now, usually going to be my go-to defense, honestly, because I'm lazy in this particular regard. For me, I, I wouldn't own it. I would not own one. Okay, what's your reason? Certainly not mine. They have double rear dew claws, and those things freak me the fuck out. They look like tumors, <laughs> just hanging off the back <laughs> legs, and I would want them gone so bad. <laughs> take it even, off! Take it off! Take it off! <laughs> like I don't even, I don't even like rear dew claws, let alone. Double. So you've got two toenails hanging out of this like a little growth on both back feet, and they're going inward. And it just freaks me the hell out. 
Like, it, like if I see them on Great Pyrenees, Beauceron's, I'm like, oh my god, ugh, ugh, bleh. It's gross. It's gross looking. But for Icelandic sheepdogs, they're kind of hidden mm-hmm. with the coat, so you wouldn't really see them. Yeah. So that's kind of like, eh. But in other breeds, I'm like, yo, get away from me, get away. And this is where I get Ashley back into her happy pace, happy place. Mads Mikkelsen. Thank you. <laughs> but so another thing is they're a herding breed. Uh-huh. They are described oh, no. as a tireless herding dog that likes to bark to perform his job. Which means that they, the dog would try to herd us into like one place. Herd us while barking. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, just this evening, due to the TN, <coughs> you were having an awful headache. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I came in to say hi after, you know, coming home from work, and you're like, make the noise stop! So I had to get them in and out pretty yeah. damn quick because it was going to hurt your head. So, no. Because, I mean, listen right now. It's quiet. Let them... Yeah. So, you know, everybody's in bed... It's like after nine, mm-hmm. and it's in the evening, and this is the kind of like golden hour essentially oh, yeah. for us to be able to do podcast recording. Aside from the fact that fucking cats are just going, to, I spit. I'm sorry. But anywho, so herding breeds, I'm not really a fan of them. I knew someone who told me a story about a border collie who um, herded the whole family as they're oh, watching yeah. television. So no, that's not happening. So. I, I admire the living hell out of my friends that have herding dogs, like mm-hmm. Australian Shepherds, British Picards. I admire the living hell out of them. Those but, are some nice people, too. Oh, yeah. As soon as you mention them, I, 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 this is a new thing for me. You mentioned the breed. I think of the person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's, a that's, that's a dog show quality right there. I don't do that normally, but I thought of two people, one of which is awesome. You were having a problem at Meet the Breeds, and oh, yeah. she did not miss a beat. Jen just went right up to you and says, all right, who am I cutting? Yeah. <laughs> what bitch am I cutting? And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. That's a true friend right there. Shout yeah. out to Jen. Well done. So herding breeds tend to be really intense. They need a job, and if they don't have anything to do... They're going to find something to do that you may not like, like hurting dogs, nipping heels, all that shit. And I'm mm. like, eh, no. Mm. Um, I do find the breed visually appealing. They're cute. Yeah, but you're like the uncle rather than the parent. You want them, okay, get away. Yeah. Go home with your mother. Exactly. So, I mean, to me, it's one of those things where I find them visually appe- appealing. Mm-hmm. But the moment that I learn about their temperament. Yeah. No, it's a no for me. Yeah. And so this is actually a really good thing mm-hmm. to say, just because you find a dog visually appealing yeah. does not mean that you must go out and get one. Right. This is one of those cases. Mm. Both Michael and I think that they're cute. Yeah, they're, they're, cute. They're, they're lovely to look at, but I wouldn't want to own one. Right. So, I mean, there are several breeds like that for me. <laughs> it's like a VW Beetle. I'd like to test drive one, but I don't want to own one. Yeah. I mean, like... Or a Fiat Panda. Like, um, for me, it's Doberman. I find Doberman very, very, like, attractive to look at in terms of a dog. Mm-hmm. There, There's just something about them that just, when you look at them, your jaw hits the floor. Yeah. But they ain't no way in hell I'm owning one. Yeah, no. But I, I could go on with the list of those where it's like... I, I can could, find I a could breed. go on with, like, list of cars that I don't... That I like to look at, but I don't want to own. But... So this goes into that whole thing of do your research. Do your homework. We always say it. Do your homework. Just because you find a breed that looks the part that you're like, oh, this works for me and looks wise, it's stunning. 
I get those. Um, no, do I, your homework. Exactly. I get those type of inquiries all the time. By the way, for spe- Hamilton Stovar. Speaking of our breed, I can actually say that they're our breed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because you know, I don't know. I don't want to be possessive. You know, how they self-identify. But if you're going to make a breed inquiry for the Hamilton Stovar. If it's for a birthday or a holiday, don't even think about it. Yeah, don't even go don't, there. Don't even. She's going to delete you by the time she gets to that particular sentence. It's over. And also, make sure it's more than one sentence that you actually <laughs> gave a shit. Um, proof that you gave a shit. It's punctuated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's spelled correctly. Because has... your cannot be spelled you are. Sorry, it's not going to happen. Well, and also that it has some modicum that you've done some research. Right. It can't just be an email that says, I think the breed's really attractive and I want one. Sorry. If, um, if you think Give me a little the, bit more there. If you think the breed is, is really visually appealing, there are other things that you've got to deal with. Right. More than just the looks. I guarantee you. Kind of like what we're discussing in regards to yeah, this breed tonight. Exactly. So, I mean, the tonight? Icelandic Sheepdog is... Today? I don't know. Is, is a really... Nice, fun-looking dog, and I'm sure they'd be fun to own. Oh, God, yeah. But, but they're just not for us. Nope. And at some point, we're going to go into Hamilton's. Um, It's going to be a while, I think. Probably probably episode 25 or something like that. We might... <laughs> but we're on episode 13. 25th special. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's one of those things where you have to do your research. You, you have, have to, to do your homework. Really do an introspective, right? And think about more than just the looks, right? Because there are many people that I've known that have come to me saying, "Oh man, I really like Siberian Huskies." Nine times out of ten, they should never own one. Yeah, um, owning a dog is essentially a lifestyle choice as mm-hmm. well. I know it sounds like I'm talking about the Biggest Loser, but go with me on this. It really is because you are getting essentially a companion, a very tiny furry roommate mm-hmm. that you have to get to know how to live with this particular animal. They're going to do things that you don't like. They're going to poop. They're going to pee. They're going to do things that you don't want them to do, like take the fucking coconut oil and put it on the chase lounge. He Hi, Alex. does that every goddamn time you leave. Sorry, but you get my point. Every dog has its own little foibles and quirks and things like that. It's... A getting to know you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And granted, you're not going to know until you live with one, but at the same time, you don't know what you're getting into unless you do the homework. Right. So, like, there's so many things that you can do by just contact, contacting a breeder and learning so much. Reading Going books, to a dog show and going, talking to people. Yeah, going to a dog show, talking to people, listening to this podcast. So, yeah. if you... This, this counts as homework. Yeah, this believe counts as homework. Cause dog show homework. I, I've done research to do this episode, so... And people have told us about it, too, as we discussed at the top of the episode. So, you know, it's one of those things where you do have to research and you have to take a step back Mm -hmm. and be really and truthfully honest with yourself and with your family and have a family discussion to say, hey, what? It is kind of therapeutic, No, 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 no. I found something funny. Ask your family if this dog breed is right for you. Well, it's true. I I know. That's why it's funny. I mean, one of my questions on the puppy application is, does every member of your family or of your household know that you are intent on getting this breed? Right. 
because it's so critically important. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things that could go wrong if you bring in a dog unannounced and unexpectedly that people aren't ready for, people aren't mentally prepared for. We were very fortunate when it came to Dad rescuing Lucky because mm-hmm. um, I had dog... dog <laughs> at 11, edit that out. Um, there's a dog allergy that you and I both have. Yep. Um, and if I could afford it, I'd be taking allergy shots on a weekly basis and I'd be fine. Yeah. But, um, I'd like to think that I kind of develop somewhat more of immunity. I mean, not as much when it comes to Rolo, but still, Mm -hmm. um, but that only develops over time, but not everyone is us. Do your homework, do Mm -hmm. your research and figure out if this dog breed is right for you. Yeah. And and know what you can deal with. Right. Know your limits, know your limitations. With with this breed, for example, mm-hmm. if you find out from this podcast that they are a herding breed and need to have an active lifestyle, and you like to run 10Ks every month, this breed <laughs> might be right for you. Yeah. Or if you're looking to get into agility, this breed might be perfect for you. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you are, if you want a farm and you want... Something to help you get goats or sheep or cattle in. This might be perfect. Mm-hmm. But in a general companion sense, they are not a breed that's going to sit down on a sofa and watch TV with you. Right. They're going to be a breed that is looking for activity and looking for something to engage their brain. Employment. Right. So you have to give them a job. Mm-hmm. There are certain breeds that require a job. And there are certain dogs within a breed that require a job too. Mm-hmm. So... This is one of those breeds that definitely requires a job. Yeah. And if they are not engaged mm-hmm. and have their brain fully occupied. Right. They're going to drive you nuts. They're going to drive you nuts. Yeah. They're going to be destructive. Mm-hmm. And if you have the financial wherewithal to, you know, take them to doggy daycare every single day. Oh, God. Sure. Go for it. Yeah. If you have the... You know, if you've got a farm, like I said, do it. Yeah, yeah. If... Wide open spaces. You know, if you have the ability to take your dog with you to work. (laughs) Sure. I used to do that. (laughs) But this is not a breed that can sit at home in a house by themselves for hours and be perfectly fine. Yeah, no. They would get destructive. Especially as a youngster. Maybe as they get older, right, they would get used to the routine. Maybe, yeah. But as a youngster, you've got to keep that brain engaged. Just like any hurting breed, that brain has to keep moving. Yeah. And so that's part of the reason why I'm like, eh, no. Yeah. So, with that. I'm pleased to inform that um, as of a few moments ago, um, the About a Dog Twitter page, at About a Dog One got its second follower, but that doesn't count. It was me. (laughs) I realized I hadn't done it. I was like, well, shit. Maybe I should do something. Don't put your hand over eyes like that. Oh, my God. Well. It's hilarious. (laughs) I can't believe it took me this long to do it. Well, I also had to ask him if he was following the About a Dog Instagram. And I am. Which is About a Dog Pod on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook as well. Yeah. And rate, review, subscribe, subscribe all that stuff. Absolutely. Can... It's very much, very much appreciated. 
Yeah, and for all the listeners who have already been listening, we're averaging around 300-ish a week, which is awesome. Which staggers my ever-loving mind, and I love every minute of it. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. Um, and, and just go hug your dog. Hug and your pl- dog. And please send us any submissions for me to guess to Twitter. Twitter, that's at aboutadog1 So on Twitter. Go hug your dog. We have two followers. I could use a hug. I'm feeling sad. <laughs> but go hug your dog. But mostly hug your dog. They love you. Yes, they do. Unconditionally, no doubt. <laughs>